You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Every show I did, I wanted the audience to walk away with something. There was a theme, a through line, and I wanted them to understand life or something in a different way. This is our job, but ultimately it can't be like there is life to live. Let's go like have a good life and like have friendships and people that balance you and keep you on the ground. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Caroline Bowman and Jay Harrison G., Broadway performers and two wonderful actors that I had the chance to work with in Kinky Boots at the Muni in St. Louis. Where we left off in our conversation was them talking about people who had supported them, people who had their back, people who loved them and nurtured their performing careers. Where we start off today, though, is the opposite of that. People who may not be that supportive, in fact, may even put us down. And that is where part two of my conversation with Caroline and Jay begins. What have the both of you done in dealing with detractors or critics or those people who haven't come around and supported you? Mm. I've learned to let them go. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who have been very negative and who are like dear family friends and had a lot to say about even just the choice to do drag or um, the little things along the way. And I've learned to not carry them along. It's like, great. If you don't agree or don't understand, I'm just going to keep going on my path of what makes sense for me and what I must do. And if you come around, great. If not, good luck. Yeah. Because it's not going to help you keeping them around. Yeah. Um, No love lost you know, for who they are and all of that. But it's just like, no, I, there's something I have to do. And if you can't see that vision or tag along, then... Because ultimately you have to see it as that's their decision. That's not you, you know, and as you said, you don't have to carry that with you. Yeah. Right. One of the things I say to people all the time is to keep people in your life who don't allow you to be delusional. Hmm. Keep people in your life who don't allow you to be delusional. In the sense of keep friends in your life. They keep you grounded. Yeah. All of my friends will, like, they keep me so level-headed. My friends will never let me have a big head, even if I tried. (laughs) Like, if I wanted to with all of my heart, they would not allow it. slap it back down. They'd be like, no, sit down. (laughs) Like, they never let me think so highly of myself in any way or... They know my my heart and my passion and my desire, and they know my abilities, and they support me where I need it. And then they also are like, "No, that's not your ministry. Don't try that. That's not you." They know how to like keep me in my lane. The balance, yeah. Well, because you have in order to be in this industry, you have to know you have something to offer, but that doesn't mean you have to be a dick about it. Absolutely, <laughs> you don't have to yeah. be like you don't have to be conceited. You don't have. It's like. Because also people don't want to work with that. I mean, you know, there are people who do have big heads and, are, and work all the time. And that's what, whatever. Hopefully we're getting rid of some of them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're letting them go. Yes. But, but it's like, why, why do you want, why would you ever want to be a hard person to work with? Like it makes everybody's lives harder. And then you have no real connection with the humans. Yeah. And then, then your life is awful. Yeah. You've got, I always think I'm like, man certain people like they must have really lonely lives because mm. 
this is our job, but ultimately it can't be the most important. Like there is life to live. Like we can go and put on somebody else's shoes for two and a half hours at night, but then like, let's go like have a a good life and like have friendships and people that balance you and keep you, keep you on the ground because that's, that's what this is all about. That's the life we're living. Now, you had done a uh, a cabaret recently. I think it was like a year, year or two ago. And it th- this this was something my solo was, one. Yeah, yeah, oh. your solo cabaret. Mm-hmm. And I was reading that within that you talked about an experience with a critic. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I did um, Sarah Bareilles' uh, the the song um, uh, "Sweet Sweet as Whole." As an asshole, okay. um, the, the, that guy's an asshole. That girl, it's just um, and in between verses, I just told stories that are like um, just different things, like on the internet. Because sometimes I I don't do it anymore because it's just not helpful. I try not to even read reviews because if I'll see the good ones, and if there's bad ones, I don't really need to see them. But yeah, there, there there have been a couple people who just blatantly are trying to like will try to hurt my feelings or like on a a picture that I am tagged in will comment underneath of it and it's already happening with Frozen. Like there's already it's just everybody because we now have a platform or everybody now has a yeah. platform to to share their voice. Right. They feel like they can have an opinion about or should have an opinion about everything and should share it yeah. whether it's negative or positive so right, right and all they have to be is asshole 75 on twitter <laughs> and they can say whatever they want yeah, yeah and they're probably sitting in no man's land like in front of their computer Having 24 never hours seen you right yeah. nah yeah so that was it was a fun it was a funny way to kind mm. of make light of it yeah. um yeah i had i had somebody when i was on the non-equity spam a lot tour right out of college I had somebody write me directly to my, cause this was before there was no Instagram. Facebook was a thing, but like I had on my website, um, I just made my website and there was like a contact section. Right. And it was, it was a message to me that said, um, you are so incredibly generic. I hope you have a backup plan. <laughs> and I was like, isn't it just but, crazy? But it, but it's just like wild because why, like, what was the point? I'm, pr- only person that saw it, like you just literally wanted to hurt my feelings. I was like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Like, why did you need to write that to me on yeah. my... And not to play devil's advocate, in their mind, they were probably like, oh, well, she I, she should probably like have options in her life. No, she like, should think like, twice about this. Try it. Maybe I don't or, even know how to, why I even try yeah. to justify that, but it's still it's or yeah, it was or or it was somebody that I knew and it was je- some jealous girl or something yeah. or jealous somebody yeah. maybe maybe but it was like wild because I'm like I'll never forget it because yeah. you you know you get a yeah. hundred good reviews and you remember the one bad mm-hmm. one yeah that's how it goes and and it was just like I couldn't believe that somebody would do that because I would never I don't even if I think something is not good I would say nothing. Right. I don't need it. You don't need or, to know my opinion. Or maybe you just talk to the person you saw the show with, but but that's about it. That's, yeah, Ten blocks talking, away. Yeah. Right. You just in, the, in the comfort of my own home with a glass of whiskey. Like, it's right. like, I'm like, you're not, you will not, I won't trash talk because quite frankly, we need all the support we can get. Legit. I mean, even the things people will say to your face sometimes. I had a director say to me, my first job, I was 19 working at Tokyo Disney. We were recording our sick tracks for the show. 
Um, and I had never been in a recording studio, and I was like the male swing of, I was singing both male tracks, and it's all these jazz harmonies, and I was like, okay, great. And I was struggling with it, and we were bouncing back and forth between these recordings, and the director like patched in between one of the, um, when we were on break, and she's like, are you even a singer? <laughs> and- <laughs> Was it American or Japanese? Japanese. Yeah. It Japanese. just makes me laugh. Japanese do not hold back. No. They do not. We were talking about this last night. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> they will read you so sweetly, but like also like be some of them like just, just very with. blunt. And she was just like, and my little 19 year old self shut down. And I was like, this is what I've been doing my entire life. How are you going to question? Like, <gasps> what? It, and I went, and I didn't, and subconsciously I carried that with me for so long and was so insecure about my vocals and things. And it was just like, what? Oh my gosh. And it's just like one person in, but that it, you'll probably never ever going to see again. <laughs> but it's like so amazing. Yeah. On the, on a note that has nothing to do with performing, <laughs> I did the, um, uh, China tour of fame. Uh-huh. So I think it might be Asian culture too is pretty direct or, or, or they don't realize that that is, if, it, if there's a language barrier, maybe. Mm. Um, well, th- well, yeah, they probably just don't understand the nicety. Sure, sure. Of- like it's like, she probably didn't mean that. She probably didn't mean it as though you even, as, she just, that yeah. it wouldn't affect you in that yeah. way. So we had to do, um, we had to get health examinations because we were there for three months. So we had to get like fully, um, examined and they did an ultrasound on my stomach and yeah, it was very intense. Um, but the night before we had, it was like Christmas and we had had this huge hot pot meal and like so much, like I ate until I was stuffed and she, she said, as she was doing the ultrasound, she goes, Big breakfast, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this woman is calling me fat." (laughs) I was like, "Um, it was like big dinner from the night before." Right, still in my belly, still in there. (laughs) But it made me laugh. It's it's amazing what people will say. Yeah, but but no, I I had the same experience at at Tokyo Disney as well. I I in my mind, it's how they. I guess push you to do better. It's it's their way of motivating you yeah. by kind of calling you out for this or that. And so I I think that's. I mean, there are many things to appreciate about Japanese culture Absolutely. specifically. I mean, yeah. I love that their their precision, their their nicety, their respect for other people. Yeah. The, you know, the simple fact that on any escalator in the entire country, people are going to stand on the right and walk on the left. Wow. That, I mean, and I also heard that like the train systems over there are like unbelievable. Well, it, yeah. I mean, they, they literally have people with, with rods pushing so that as many people can get onto a train as possible. Wow. So just so they can like, you know, close Efficient the door effect, next and, and run on time and be, yeah, right. they're all about service. Efficiency. And, and, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, wow. there's a lot to appreciate, but I think. And I've heard working for Tokyo Disney is pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I loved it. Cause, we live like cause where were you? I was at Big Band Beat in Disney Sea. Oh, I, I was at the Disney Sea back when they had Broadway Encore. Did they uh-huh, still have that, that? No, we went into that theater. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this like beautiful theater. Gorgeous. It's it's very similar to like you know the Fox theaters around the country, like, but just like ornate and beautiful and huge. Stunning. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was really Love wonderful. That. And like the most dedicated fans ever. Oh. But then also the fans would come up to you and find you and be like, "Are you a little sick? <laughs> Are you okay?" And you're like, "Can I not be human? I know, Can I, I have know. a moment?" <laughs> yeah, because they when they you're know like, your show, they know your show, mm-hmm. and they're like. 
deviate from that in any way and they're like what's oh going on gosh. what has been some of your your best interactions with fans oh when i've had like some fans cry when like just because they're so affected by a performance or or meeting me which is like so weird it's, it's bizarre to me because yeah. i'm like i'm just i'm just i <laughs> fart and <laughs> like yeah, i'm like the, i thing. like don't i wear workout clothes all day long and yeah. like i'm not and i'm not even close to a celebrity so that's like what i've slept actual celebrities get all the time but like yet yeah, their people are so affected which is beautiful it's i mean it's means we're doing something right mm-hmm. yeah. um it's amazing to like receive fan art like and oh yeah it's like, pretty amazing I, yeah, it's i've actually framed some of it in my apartment it's just so stunning of people like drawing yeah and that is your character. so like people are so talented it's ridiculous yeah and it's it that affects me the most because they're so inspired by me it, and it's like that okay. the, your art inspires their art yeah and yeah. it's and then to see how talented they are in what they do and you're like I wouldn't even know where to begin to sit down and like, like I can't even draw a stick figure. Barely, like, like yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So it's yeah, and then you get the and then they take the time because they're like, I want to give this to Jay. Yeah, like it's just doing that for somebody you don't even know. Like I'm like I'm not even that creative with my husband. <laughs> like I'm like this is a beautiful gift. Yeah, and I'm like I would love to be able to sit down and do this for somebody I really really love, and they are. It's just amazing. Oh, like the closing weekend of Kinky Boots on Broadway, one of the fans... Well, that's right, because both of you got to close out the Mm -hmm. show, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the fans made everyone in the theater these little tiles that um, she she found these pictures from people's Instagrams and social media, Uh and she made these, like, glued magnets to these ceramic tiles... Like lacquered these pictures, and they were personalized to everyone. Had the dates Every of all single person. of like the date of the run of Broadway on it, uh-huh. and she made these. And one of them, I fully like burst into tears at the stage door because it was the most touching thing. And like, it was a picture of me as a little kid, oh. and then she had infused a picture of Lola. Of like me in the finale costume, and it was like I just me, got chills. me as a kid, and I'm like standing in front of this door, and then like Lola was kind of like looking over, her, and I like lost it because that was my journey in a tile, and it just like it it yeah, it was the most, and I just couldn't take it, and oh it's just, like gosh. on my fridge, and it's just, that's very sweet. Yeah, I'm tearing up. I'm <laughs> oh my god, up. I love that. But, but no, it, it it is interesting that like our our smaller selves and. What we would say to the, them, mm-hmm. what would we say to our smaller self now, and and just the journey that we've been through? Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a realization while I was on tour, and it. I said to myself, I feel like there's a moment we all had as a child where we knew exactly who we are and what we wanted out of life, and then family and society and life and everything else got in the way of that and told us what we were and what we are was mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing as adults is fighting to get back to that moment of innocence and purity where we like, no, that's who I am. Uh. And, you know, so like, and I've been doing acupuncture recently and my acupuncturist is like about healing the little kid inside and like getting back to that person. And I was like, yeah. And every time I want to be done with acupuncture, we tap into something else. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> ah. oh, and yeah. You're just fighting to get back there. Yeah. And, but and isn't it amazing? Because it's like a you do a. It's the circle of life. Legit. 
Because you get, I feel like you finally get back to that innocence when you're older, mm -hmm. after you've lived a full life and you know, you're like, oh, I see that don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't, just don't sweat it. I feel like I find when I am speaking to my grandparents or older generations, they're a lot more like even keel and just mm -hmm. living their best life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Truly living their best life. Like, like we're no searching filters, to yeah. live their best life. But Well, yeah, because as we're growing up, I, I don't think that we have the knowledge or capacity to, to deal with, with all those outside influences that you mentioned, Jay. Yeah. Because we think that that should be who we are that that is we take you know it's on. someone saying that i love and respect is telling me i'm this then that must be what it is and so then we try to live up to that yeah. mm -hmm. or try to answer that call as opposed to our own right call that's within us right because hmm. nobody else can can feel or understand that thing that you have mm -hmm. and the, you could try to put it into words but nobody can understand it in a way that you can and live in that and so you uh, you have to be your own living example of of your light and your energy and just like be just be <laughs> just be, be you right? know <laughs> with regards to you've spoken a lot about Lola and kind of being a part of that journey has there been a role Caroline for you that has kind of embodied that that journey that you've gone on I mean I think playing Evita was pretty life changing for me that was um me sort of stepping into what I really, I really wanted to be a leading lady and trusting that I could do that. And I, I think I always believed that I could. So having other people believe that I could and then finally being able to show that and, and do it confidently pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I would say that that was pretty, groundbreaking for my life and made me believe that I could do it. Because <laughs> that was a chance for you to show everyone else what you felt and knew yeah. inside yourself. I think I haven't, I'm not done proving myself. <laughs> I think I still am like trying to be like, no, I can do this. And I still haven't, I haven't, I haven't figured out how to completely walk into a, like what we were talking about earlier, walking in without desperation. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know if I've, I care a lot. I care about everything. I, and not just in this business, but I care a lot about other people and I care how they feel, whether it's about me or, and I'm a complete empath. And so I like take on, a, probably to a fault, like I'll take on other people's emotions. And I had my mom tell me one time, she's like, you can't be helpful if you go there with them. So I couldn't be like a good yeah. friend or couldn't be a good partner if I completely took on what they were feeling. And so I had to learn how to, I don't know, I'm still really working on myself, which I think is good. I think we all are. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, Audra McDonald doesn't audition anymore, but like, how do they walk into a room <laughs> and audition for things? Like, yeah. how does like Kelly O'Hara or... And I know, again, Sutton Foster, I'm sure they don't audition. I'm sure they just get offers, <laughs> which that's even crazy, too. That's, like, I'm that's like, a whole other level. Okay. Yeah. Like, what if, what is, will I, will I get to the day where somebody just says, do you want this role? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'll always, maybe always have to prove myself. I, I mean, maybe eventually that'd be cool, but, yeah. um, I'm still like working on who I am when I walk into the room and, you were saying earlier about not apologizing. Mm. I think I, I think, cause y you don't want to seem desperate, but 
at the same time, I, wa- I want to walk in and be like, hi, how you doing? Like, tell me, I, w- I want to know about your day before we start doing this audition. But that may seem like... Especially if it's someone you know behind the table. Right. Then but so, to- And that's the thing is like, I think the more... I'm I'm excited for more people to know me, like really know me, because yeah. then I can walk into the room and just be completely myself, and it doesn't look like I'm trying too hard. Um, right, because they know that whenever you you say that stupid pun or joke, that you're actually no, or that's I'm just like how they acting know. like yeah. a goofball. Right. They're like, yes, no, she's actually like no. this every day. Yeah, she's not putting on an act. This is who she is. Yeah, yeah. What then does it mean to make it to you? Mm. That's changed a lot over over my life, mm-hmm. I think. Um, like where did it start and where, where do you see it now? And every bro- every wish on a candle I had for every birthday was I want to be on Broadway. So like when that happened, I was like, do I, what do I wish so for now? now? What? Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember how many birthdays I wished. I was like, I want to be on Broadway. Like it was like mm-hmm. in my head, close my eyes quietly. Didn't say it out loud. That was my wish. And so I think it's interesting having your dream come true and then having to figure out what your next dream is. Yeah. I've, I've always said I, my dream, my dream is to just entertain the world in whatever capacity I can. Hmm. Um, I don't have an end all be all of like, I want to have this award, that thing or this or be here or be there. It's just like, as long as I can entertain and affect and reach people, I've made it. So Hmm. I've made it. So you're there. Yeah. yeah. That's like, awesome. You can always keep making it. Of sure, course, sure. Of course. Like, it reminds me of the uh, the Andre De Shields acceptance speech. Oh, God, yeah. Which which is has become like my life yeah. motto. One of the last things, he gave like these three, you know, mantras for life. But one was that the top of one mountain is the bottom, is the bottom of, of the next, the next mm-hmm. mountain. And, that, and that's so true. So it's once you so reach true. the Broadway mountain, what, what's next? Well, and it's yeah. so funny I th- because I started – thinking about that after I got on Broadway, I was like, oh, I have to think about what my next dream is. And then I was like, it, that one was so clear. And I, I'm trying to suss out what my clear dream is. Cause I've tried to like, be like, cool. I'm, Cause I'm, I really am into secreting and making things happen. I think that that's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you work hard, but I didn't really have a clear image of what that next dream was. Like, I'm like, do I want to be on TV? Do I want to, but I'm like, I couldn't figure out what clearly that dream is. And I, it's exciting figuring it out. Yeah. I don't know. I did. That's just, yeah. What's next for Jay? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Um, Oh, I'm so excited for what's next for Jay. Uh, <laughs> I'll secret it for you. Yeah, because, I mean, un- until working together at Muni, I-, I didn't, again, I didn't know much about Kinky Boots or the, the people that had come and gone from yeah. it. So, you know, this was, it was my first introduction to you. And, yeah. and I-, I was so glad that, that we got to-, to meet up and get to know each other because, yeah, we talked earlier about leads really being a leader in the cast. Mm-hmm. And you're energy, your light, your infectious spirit that you bring to Lola just, I think, exudes to all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's really hard to leave Kinky Boots and not be excited by the end of the show. I mean, the show's written that way. Totally. It's, it's constructed so brilliantly. But, but, but I mean, I think the performers that are in it add that extra spark that isn't just on the page. Thank you. And that's one of the things I've carried with me that... Jerry always said to us when he came for, to check in on the tour or whatever that we were all in these roles because we were 
these people. Hmm. A part of us were these characters. And we had to embrace that. Um, you know, so every Charlie, every Lola, every Nicola, every Lauren, like, we're all these people, every factory worker, you you are a part of that that person is you in some way or other. You have a story to tell. Now allow that to, like, be full and, like, carry that and, like, don't shy away from it. And I always told people who joined the tour, I was like, this show will change your life if you let it. And you have to be open to the journey and the experience of Kinky Boots because it really is, like, an experience. Yeah. And on Broadway, it was so... um Jerry would tell us when we were teching the show, he goes, you are exposed. We see you. So you tell a story. Tell us your story. And so he really wanted all of us to have a, a thorough backstory. And and I appreciate that because I go to a show and I watch the ensemble, mm-hmm. especially after working with Jerry Mitchell. Like, and lo- I look for people's story and I'm like, mm, that person didn't enter the scene with intention. That person left the scene. I'm like, you're just pushing a set piece out. No, you're not. It, like, there's... It's there. There's something to be said about that, and that's why it's so strong. It was such. It lasted so long on Broadway because it was such a strong company of storytellers. Mm-hmm. I and, think that's something I've had to learn myself in in being ensemble. Because I've because in New York, I've mostly just been ensemble. But when it comes yeah. to regional, then I can do you know supporting and principal roles. But I think you you have to approach both the same way, and that you have to be just as committed and uh, specific as you were saying, Caroline, about the character, whether it's you know ensemble number seven or you know whether you're the the lead solo. And it's sort of more work as an ensemble member because mm-hmm. you have to come up with it. You have to be creative. But then it makes your it makes work a little more fun because 100%. as a swing, and I went on as a factory worker, the, the people who were on every night would be like. You were just happy to be in this factory. And it was like, well, my backstory that I've given myself, guys, <laughs> if you only knew. And it was just like, I had created this full story. Right. And they were like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. Carlton Worthington. <laughs> oh, was that your Worthington. factory? That was my factory worker name. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's so funny. Yeah, he was disowned from his family. Oh, and they, they, <laughs> I know that was oh, wow. like the family sent me to the factory to like man me up. And we were making men's shoes. And then the girls come in and like we start making these boots. And my job at the factory was to put the stones on all the boots. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. It's like, so oh, that was yeah. my, yeah. My so I was like really happy with so, the Queen's So little did they know. Yeah. Yes. My <laughs> original factory name was Maggie Radcliffe. Nobody knew the last name. And, but then now there's a Maggie in every single show because yeah. Jerry asked, all of us to have our name, like what were our factory names? And so Maggie was written into the script because I came up with her. Yeah. Like that is oh, so cool. Funny. Nicola asks, Ma- wants to ask Maggie to be a bridesmaid because Harvey Firestein found out that I had named my character Maggie and Stark Stan- Sands, who was the original Charlie, um, kept calling me different name. Like he would like, when he was calling for the fact he would change mm-hmm. it every day and he would like call me like Helen, blah, blah, blah. And I, I went up to him and I was like, Stark, why do you keep calling me different names? And he was like, I'm so sorry. What is your, what is your factory name? And I was like, Maggie. And I was just kidding. Like I was just giving him yeah. the crap. But the next day they were like, he screamed Maggie. And everybody turned around and was like, who's Maggie? And I go, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> and so Harvey wrote Maggie into the script. And so every, every character who was that, it's so funny. Yeah. And she, you know, sings a lot of high notes and pushes some sets, but she is in yeah. the show mm-hmm. everywhere. 
all across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I one day I was like, that. I'm going to be a mixture of Maggie Smith and Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> those, those are two people to, to look up to. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Maggie Smith? Who I'm would? sorry. I mean, she's she's amazing. Oh, God. And she, she, she takes grief from no one. No. Nope. No. Oh, no. she's the best. No. Yeah. Strong lady. Oh, <laughs> love her in Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this has been a joy to talk oh to gosh. both of you. Such a oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for, for being on my inaugural season three episode. A very big thank you to Caroline and Jay for joining me on this two-part conversation about their careers, and I really appreciate the fact that they opened up to us about the struggles that they've gone through and the different things that, that keep them going and motivate them. They have reached pinnacles that I still have yet to reach. It is very inspiring to hear their journey and hear the path that they're on and how they maintain that. So I hope that you got a lot out of it as well. Now you too can join the conversation by sending me your questions or comments to whyillnevermakeit at gmail.com or you can go to the website, winmepodcast.com and send me things that you want to know about or maybe you have your own story, your own comment to give. Until then, I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones reminding you that the reasons for not making it may be countless and arbitrary. But the reasons to keep going are even more numerous and rewarding. I'll see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.